green pastures. I know you're picturing lush fields of belly deep alfalfa as far as the eye can see. Well, get that picture out of your mind. Instead, see clumps of green along the arid landscape of the Negev Desert in Israel. That's more the biblical reality. And that's what our heart is for our weekly Green Pastures devotions published by Vineyard Boise. Our hope is that each day you'll find a wee clump of green along the all-too-often arid landscape of life, just enough to sustain you, to keep you moving forward. Each daily devotion consists of four strands, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. May the Lord lead us together into the green pastures we need today to continue growing in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Green Pastures for Monday, June 27th. Galatians, page four, first half. Today's scripture reading, Galatians chapter four, verses one through 20 from the New International Version, which reads, What I'm saying is that as long as the heir is under age, he's no different from a slave, although he owns the whole estate. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you're no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you're turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I've wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial for you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where then is your blessing of me now? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you might have zeal for them. It's fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. This is God's Word. Welcome back to the pages of Galatians, because once again, Galatians is a letter, and letters have pages, not chapters. And this week, we come to page four of it, as we recommence our journey through this letter and take in the other half of it. You've just heard it once through the filter of the New International Version, now here the second time through the most improper lens of Mike's amplified version. And let me add 
As long as the heir is under age, he's no different than an abject slave with no voice, even though he's entitled to everything. Nannies and nurses watch his every move and guide his every step until the time predetermined by the paterfamilias. So with us. When we were under age with no say in anything, we were chained to an unrelenting cosmic primal religious drumbeat. But when the day of our emancipation fully rolled around, God sent forth his son, formed in woman's womb, shaped within religion's room, to blow open the doors of that room, freeing us, liberating us to emerge as from a tomb, men and women stepping into the fully empowered status of sons. And since we are all male and female, fully empowered sons, he has breathed deeply into our hearts the breath of his son, crying out, Abba, Father, in every human tongue. So then, you, yes, you, are no longer a slave to that unrelenting cosmic primal religious drumbeat, but a son, a daughter, moving in the free-flowing rhythms of being fully empowered heirs. Back then, not personally knowing God, you mechanically moved to that unrelenting cosmic primal religious drumbeat of impersonal no-gods. But now that you know God, or rather are personally known by God, why would you possibly revert back to that same old tired beat, chaining yourselves to it all over again? There you are, obsessively keeping the beat of days and of months and of seasons and of years. Honestly, I'm beside myself with fear that all of my effort for you has been for nothing. Look, we were on the same page. I as you and you as me, fearless and free. And let's become that way again. You did me no wrong, and I'm not speaking from a place of wounding at being wrong. You know that it was a bodily illness that prolonged my stay among you, occasioning all that preaching the first time around. A bodily illness that sorely tried your patience, and yet you didn't despise me or spit me out like something disgusting. On the contrary, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. So what happened to all of your sublime joy? For I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have plucked out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealously trying to win you over, but not for anything good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you might zealously seek after them. You know, it's, it's fine to be zealous in seeking to recruit others to your cause, provided it's a good cause. It's not like I have a license to court you when I'm there with you, but no one else does. I just don't like their intentions. You're not my cause, however. You're my kids. And right now, I feel like I'm giving birth to you all over again, with each contraction yearning for Christ to be formed in you yet again. Oh, how I wish I could be present with you now and, and change my tone from scolding to soothing and back again, because I don't know what to do with you. This also is God's word. Now, pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. What do you hear and see in this text? What key words and themes are emerging? What questions are being stirred in you? 
What question would you ask, Paul, if you could? What initial takeaway is forming in your mind? How might God be nudging you through your initial encounter with this text? Lord, soften me, gentle me, focus me, ground me to receive, to feel, to see, to wrestle with whatever comes as a gift through this text and the grace to praise you in and through it through your spirit with, upon, and in us. Amen.